Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life. Encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. How does hockey and church planting in Russia, sports at the University of Texas, athletes in South Africa and Central Asia have to do with a collegiate football and baseball player in the Pacific Northwest? This is the story of Darren McFarland whose journey with Jesus has led him and his family to the far corners of the globe, now impacting athletes at Harvard, MIT, Boston College, Boston University, and nearby schools. We pause here to remind you the reason we have the Good Life program. Well, my friend, is it's simple. It's to share how the love of Jesus makes a difference in the lives of people. I'm talking about the love of Jesus Christ, so strong that he died on the cross for your sins and mine. He was buried, yes, but three days later he rose again and offers God's hope to you. And it is my hope and Darren's hope, our hope and prayer that you would turn to the Lord if you have not yet done so, that you would turn from your way to God's way, that's called repentance, and open your heart to Jesus And if you already know the Lord, well, today is a day of uplifting and encouragement for you. Darren McFarland has 34 years of experience in campus and sports ministry with crew. He's the director of Athletes in Action in the Boston metro area, overseeing ministry in eight schools, Harvard, MIT, Boston College, Boston University, Merrimack, Gordon, Bentley, and Babson. He graduated from Willamette University, where he played baseball and football. He also graduated from Dallas Theological Seminary, where he earned his THM in New Testament Greek. Darren is fluent in Russian. He's married to Susan for over 32 years. They have five children. Alex, Chris, Abby, Nick, and David. Darren, welcome to our show. Thank you, Danny. I mentioned a little bit about the Pacific Northwest, but tell us where specifically did you grow up? I was born in San Diego when my dad was in the Navy. And when I was one, we moved up to the Northwest and lived in Salem, Oregon for a time and a short time, then up in Olympia, Washington, for about 10 years, and then I moved back to Salem and spent the rest of my uh, schooling years and college uh, there before I moved away. So what was it like for you, Darren, growing up in the Northwest? It was wet. We had a lot of rain. (laughs) Cold? Rain? It wasn't too cold. It's just wet, I think. Um, Oregon ducks are named uh, the ducks for a reason. We uh, we let the ru- the rain run off our back and uh, 
we just move right along. It doesn't bother us. Um, but I have a lot of great memories from the Northwest, um, growing up playing sports, um, going to school, um, coming to faith. Yeah. So, Were you an outdoorsman from a very young age? We did some fishing. Um, we didn't hunt as a family. We rode motorcycles in, up in the hills, um, some boating. So yeah, we did some outdoor activities for sure. Who would you say influenced you most in your growing up years? Definitely my dad, uh, my dad, Bob. Yeah, I moved in with him when I was 10 and lived with him basically until I graduated college from Willamette University. And uh, he passed away November 1st of this last year. And so that was a, um, a challenging time, but also a time of really, I would say, blessing. Um, he knew the Lord, and I got to be with him before he passed away. Um, we were listening to Elvis sing Amazing Grace when he took his last breath. So that was pretty special. You're there with him. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah. Your faith. You mentioned your father coming to Christ. You also mentioned that you came to Christ there in, in the Northwest. How did you become a believer in Jesus? I grew up in a family that was um, a bit religious but I would say we didn't understand what it meant to have a relationship with Christ. Um, so what that looked like was Christmas and Easter. Most of the time, dra Grandma would drag us to church, um, but I didn't understand what that was all about. And kind of lived the high life growing up through high school and you know, was looking for significance um, and meaning in my life and basically sampled everything and found them all wanting. Mm. And my senior year in high school, um, through some setbacks in, in football, um, for the first time in my life, I had failed at something that was important to me. And I started thinking about, well, what next, what now? And I, I looked up on the bookshelf and there was an old Bible um, on the top shelf, Gathering Dust. It was my great-grandmother's Bible, Gabba, and I ended up with it and pulled it down and <laughs> I blew the the dust off and, and there was literal dust oh yeah it flew off there, were there was dust I opened it up and began to read and um over the course of a couple of months i read um you know pretty much the entire new testament and as i read i i understood that this is what i'd been looking for um that the hope of christ um was greater than anything i had ever experienced and that i could become a new creature in christ the old things could pass away and the new new things could come. And so I was like, all right, Jesus, I've tried everything else um, that I know of that was supposed to make me happy and didn't. Um, you know, now it's your turn. I want to I wanna see what you're all about. And um, so I, without knowing it, I, I came to faith in Christ because I, as I read the Bible, I, I believed it. And um, later, um, God brought a lot of folks in my life to encourage me, but Part of my story is that no one took the time or or took the courageous step to to share Christ with me. And so now 
as a campus minister and missionary, I never assume that anyone has heard the gospel or that they understand it or that they don't want to hear it. And so, um, yeah, God used that in my life. How did you feel? If you can trace back to the feelings of their coming to Christ almost on your own by reading the scriptures and yet not having anyone around. My whole life was at that point was based upon um, trying to earn people's love, people's acceptance. And I would do that through trying to be a good student, trying to be a good athlete, trying to be a nice person. And this was the first time that I had ever seen that I could be loved and accepted, not based on what I did, but based upon how I believed about Jesus, what he did for me. Um, you know, it wasn't about being better or, you know, doing enough good work so I could get into heaven. It was, it was about Jesus paying the price, uh, like you said earlier, for my sin and that there was nothing I could ever do to earn it or deserve it. All I could do was accept it as a gift. You played sports, football and baseball. Basketball, too. So what, what positions did you play? I was a point guard in basketball. I was a defensive back in football and receiver. And um, in baseball, I played second base in high school. And in college, I was a, I was a relief pitcher, a closer. Did you have any particular sport that you were particularly interested in most? I have some serious regrets about not playing ice hockey. Um, I grew up where we didn't have any rinks. It wasn't cold enough. And so my kids started playing when we lived in Russia. And as I look at that sport, I think that would have been, that would have been the perfect sport for me. Why? Uh, it's a combination of everything else, you know, hitting, passing, shooting. Um, if you try harder, you do better. Sports like golf don't work for me because... I can hit it 400 yards. It goes 150 straight and another 250 to the right. doesn't really help you. You get a lot of exercise when you're golfing, extra, extra steps. I, I, get, I get more extra steps than you, Darren. I'll tell you. Uh, it, so anyway, getting back to the point here. As an athlete and as a believer now, these two things come together. I'm interested in how God brought faith and sports into your life because it became a point of your career. How yeah. did that happen? Well, I think until I came to faith in Christ, sports were my God. The, the, the success and the adulation and how people thought about me if I played well that was my, that's what I, that was the way I worshiped. Um, and any idol will fall short of the true and living God. And so um, it took a setback in, in sports. My senior year in football, I was hoping to go and play somewhere and get a scholarship, play D1. And I had a, I didn't have a good year. I played better my junior season. And so the scholarship offers didn't come, 
and the accolades didn't come. And so for the first time in my life, I was, you know, I'd failed at something that was important to me, especially sports related. And so I had to let that go. Um, and then Jesus found me and then he gave sports back to me, but in a different way as a way to honor him and as a way to worship him. I want to come back to that when you, cause you say he took it away and then gave it back to you. I'm wondering how your hands received this quote unquote gift that God gave back to you. My friend, you're listening to Darren McFarland. Darren is the director of athletes in action in the Boston Metro area. You can find out more about him at give.crew.org. Darren McFarland, that's D-A-R-I-N McFarland. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about that, that, that God giving back. Have you ever been in a situation like that where God seems to take away something from you and you're lost because so much of your identity is placed into that very thing. It could be a sport, work, a hobby, something that you love and passionate about and then you don't have it anymore and then God gives it back. How do you hold on to that stewardship? Stay with us. We'll be back with more Heart to Heart with you with Darren McFarland. Stay with us. Wandering the road of desperate life Famously This is Danny Yamashiro. Don Pick Benson wrote, When I was growing up, my dad was a farmer, not a Christian. He had little interest in faith, having been told by his father that the Bible was a fairy tale. But then a local pastor took an interest in my dad, asking if he could help plow the fields on the weekend. That one act of service spoke louder than words ever could to my dad. By his actions, the pastor made my dad feel loved, and that did more than any preaching could have. He didn't need convincing about the theological correctness of the Bible. He needed to feel God's love for him. This pastor met that need in a practical way, and that's evangelism. For more inspiration on evangelism, go to drdanny.live. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Darren McFarland joined the staff of Campus Crusade for Christ crew, Athletes in Action, that same year, including work with men's sports teams at the University of Texas He's been working here for crew for many years as in the director of athletes in action here in the Boston metro area, overseeing ministry in eight schools, Harvard, MIT, and nearby schools, including uh, most lately Merrimack is his main point of focus. You can find out more about him at give.crew.org. Darren McFarland. Darren, before our break, you talked about God taking away sports and then giving it back to you, how did you receive that gift being given back to you in relation to stewardship? 
Well, I remember um, <clears throat> I read a book called Wes Neal's Athletic Perfection, and it talked about how we didn't have to win the game to be loved. We didn't have to be the best to be loved. Um, that Jesus was pleased with us when we did our best and left the results up to him. <clears throat> and I remember playing basketball um, during the winter of my senior year in high school in 1984. And just my whole perspective was uh, turned upside down. I used to play to get my name in the paper, to impress the girls, you know, to make my dad proud, um, to, out of fear, I, I feared that I would lose this status that I had, you know, worked up towards. And now it was playing for joy, the game, one of the games that um, God gave me a great passion for and just that I love to play. I felt like a, a little kid again on the playground, just playing with your friends, trying to have fun. And, and interestingly, because the pressure was off, so to speak, I played better. I became a better athlete because I was a more relaxed athlete uh, that wasn't under so much pressure. So when God gave it back to you, what stirred up in your heart in terms of gratitude, responsibility, knowing that it was once taken away? Well, I think as a young believer, you don't really understand that yet. But I did feel that I wanted my friends to experience what I'd experienced. And so I did my best as a very infantile believer to try to share what I'd experienced with them. And there was some pretty funny stories, hit and miss, you know, they didn't understand uh, until later, years later. And many of my friends ended up coming to faith in Christ, which was wonderful to see. Um, but I think as I got older and then I, I was at this precipice, do I pursue a professional athletic career or do I go in the ministry? Um, and God really uh, blessed me with the opportunity to stay engaged with the world of sport and use it uh, as, a, as a platform to reach out to the sporting world. And, and I chose to no longer play competitively although I was still competitive in my mind and got hurt a lot, um, and others did too, unfortunately. I remember having to say, I'm sorry, I'd come home from basketball when I first got married. Um, we'd play in the gym you know, once a week on Friday nights with the athletes at University of Texas and some of the students and other staff, and first question my wife would ask me is, did you hurt anyone? The second question was, do you need to call and apologize to anybody? <laughs> so that was routine. So, so this is more of a um, jungle ball that you were playing. Your football was carrying over. You mentioned marriage. Where did, where were you when you met Susan? I was a young staff person with Athletes in Action um, at the University of Texas. And she was a student involved in the ministry. And um, so I got the chance to kind of see her um, see what God was doing in her life, see what she was about. Um, she was a Russian history major. Uh, I was I had studied Russian in college. I'd been to the Soviet Union and was praying for opportunities to go as a missionary. And so I was I was very interested in trying to get to know her. How were you led by God 
to Russia. When I was uh, a student at Oregon State University, there was a another student named, uh, we'll call him Max Bear. Um, I don't know if he still goes by his code name, but um, he had this passion and heart to go to Russia. And he ended up actually, well, he prayed about it all the time. He told us about it. And then he went up, ended up going to Russia as a missionary during the Soviet days. And he started out as a janitor in the U.S. Embassy. And so that was his cover, if you will, to be a missionary. And he became a career missionary in, in Russia and Eastern Europe for the rest of his life. Um, but that kind of opened my eyes to other parts of the world, Russia in particular. And then I went to a conference. Um, it was in 1985, um, Campus Crusade for Christ um, Winter Conference. And I remember Bill Bright um, was standing up front of all, in front of all the students, and he flashed a picture of a map of the world. And he challenged us to begin to pray for one country that God might choose to use you to help reach that country for Christ and be a part of the Great Commission. And my full name is Darren James McFarland, and it really only fit on the Soviet Union, so I thought it must, it must be uh, meant to be. God uses all kinds of ways to, to lead and guide us, huh? Why do you believe, in a moment of reflection, that God led you to Russia? I, I think he knew that that was where I would come alive. I like to do hard things. Um, I like to do the stuff that people say you can't do. I want to do something interesting and challenging. And that seemed like it was pretty interesting and challenging to me. Um, and then when I visited as a student, it was the summer of 1986, um, visited four different cities, Kiev, uh, St. Petersburg, which was at the time was Leningrad, Moscow, and Odessa on the Black Sea. I just saw the people and how, you know, we it was the height of the Cold War and we were told that, you know, they were the evil empire and I got a chance to see, to meet these people and play soccer with them and play basketball and, you know, go to, go to the beach and things like that. And I saw that they were just people like us and um, that they needed Jesus. And in, in many ways they needed him more because they hadn't had the opportunity to hear and for 70 years, you know, it was forbidden to speak about the love of Christ in a public way. And so I wanted to be a part of helping bring the love of Christ to those folks. So you get there, and you're there for, for years. Darren, in what ways were you surprised by what you saw in Russia? One of the things about the Russian culture, um, there's this word for friendship, it's called drug. And in English we have friend, so you might have Facebook friends, you might have 5,000 Facebook friends, right? Which to me is, is really kind of silly. 
Um, but Russians aspire to having at least one drug or one or two drugs during their lifetime. And so friendship for them meant if you needed money, they gave you all their money. If you needed food, they would open their refrigerator and give you all their food. If you needed help at three in the morning, you could call them and they would come. And so it really challenged my understanding of kind of our American Western definition of friendship, air quotes, can't see them on the air, but um, I think it, it caused me to want to be a better friend to my friends. Um, and it was really a privilege when someone there would call you a friend, when they would call you a drug. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it meant that they would take a bullet for you gladly. I just I have no other way to express it. How has your perspective changed over the years with regard to Russia? Yeah, it's been sad to see the recent developments. You know, we have we have dear, dear friends who li still live in Russia. Some of them have had to leave uh, for different reasons. Uh, we have dear, dear friends who live in the Ukraine. Some of them have had to leave for different reasons. And so it, when I think about it, it just makes me sad and, and sometimes angry at um, the politics and, and, you know, the people who've, put those folks in those circumstances. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a real tender spot in my heart still for the country, for the culture, and for the people. And so it makes it really kind of difficult to, to sit with what we see going on right now. There's just something about being somewhere, living somewhere, knowing the language, having friends. The word is... Druk. 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 You're listening to Darren McFarlane. You can find out more about him. He's a, the director of Athletes in Action in the Metro Boston, Boston Metro area. Give.crew.org. Darren McFarlane. When we come back, we'll talk more about his time in Russia, maybe some even challenging experiences that he's had there. How, how the Lord began to lead him back to America, Darren and his family. In 1993, he attended Agape International Training for Cross-Cultural Ministry before doing four years of campus ministry at St. Petersburg, Russia. More from Darren McFarlane, Heart to Heart with you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life Famously on behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE, and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life. 
You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. So yeah, in 1993, Darren attended Agape International Training for cross-cultural ministry before doing four years of campus ministry in St. Petersburg, Russia. He then became director of Campus Crusades or Cruise Metro Ministry in Ekaterinburg, Russia, where he launched two Russian church plants. He founded an international hockey ministry in Russia for Athletes in Action. We have him with us today, Darren McFarland. If you're tuning in right now or maybe caught the tail end of the last segment, you can get this program in its entirety. Just go to drdanny.live, subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any major platform. You can get this program. And I would say share it with a family member or friend. Darren, describe some of the most challenging times you experienced in Russia. You mentioned um, that I was a part of a couple of church plants and yeah, I just want to make make it very clear that I was part of a team. You know, I didn't do that on my own. Um, and those were some really, uh, there were great challenges and great blessings with that. The one church in St. Petersburg, I remember there was a bit of a schism <laughs> and a split, and that was very painful um, to see people that I loved um, in the body of Christ not be able to find common ground and get along and then see them choose to go their own independent ways. Um, that was really painful. Um, yeah, we, we had uh, a couple of folks that we knew well um, in Russia who committed suicide, not while we were there, but later. And that was really painful to hear about that. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot of things like that. You mentioned that Susan was studying Russian history when you first met. <clears throat> Have you seen her through the experiences that you've had living there, her her view and your conversations become more flavorful <laughs> over the years? It's just really fun to see my wife come alive. She loves anything international. Um, she's a dual sw- citizen with Switzerland, and so now I'm a dual citizen through being married to her. Uh, she has friends and relatives in England and Germany and Switzerland that we've been able to visit through the years. And um, she loves history of any kind, especially Russian history. Um, and so being able to live there together and um, go to the opera and the ballet and uh, things like that was was pretty special. How did the Lord begin to lead you back to America? Yeah, there were there were quite a few different factors. Um, we have a son, an adult son who's now twenty five, who has Down syndrome. His given name is Christopher, which which means the one who brings or bears Christ. And uh, through the years, uh, it got shortened to Krista Bear and then just Bear. So he's known as Bear. Some people don't even know that his name is Chris. Um, yeah, but um, I lost my train of thought. Ask me again. 
What led you back? Oh, what led to us America? back? Yeah, I started started thinking about other things and getting old, brother. I got a little I'm gray. I got a little gray hair I'm working, and um, but I'm here with you. You're not alone. Um, so yeah, um, we ran into some challenges with his education. So trying to educate him in Russia, um, we had a good situation for many years, but it became clear that he needed more support than we were able to find and provide for him in Russia. My wife's father passed away. Um, he was a longtime professor at Dallas Seminary, uh, Dr. Harold Honer. He was the head of the New Testament Department and the Doctoral Studies Program. And he passed away in 2009, and that was another factor. We thought it, it would be good to be back to support her mom. She lives with us now in an in-law apartment here in the Boston area. So there was that. Um, my boys played ice hockey. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, we didn't know we were supposed to be paying bribes for playing time. And so the coaches stopped playing one of my boys. And uh, it became clear that he wasn't going to get a fair um, opportunity. And we didn't think that that was right. And so that was a part of it. We wanted our kids to be able to play for fun and not have to be playing professional, professionally as a, as a 10 or 11 or 12-year-old kid. Um, we'd seen some national leaders raise up and become leaders, or some national staff raise up to become national leaders. Um, some of the young students that we began working with in St. Petersburg in the early 90s are now um, the national leaders of Campus Crusade in Russia. And so that was um, exciting to see them grow and step up. And in many ways, it, it felt like we needed to leave to give them the opportunity to lead. Um, so there were a lot of things um, that were happening. And, you know, we, we were there. We lived in country for 14 years. And we were very closely connected to the country for 17 years. And so it just felt like it was time. What is most rewarding? <clears throat> Being back here in America, your family growing, the most rewarding to you in this season of your life? I think in this season of my life, the most rewarding thing is, um, is my marriage. Um, I think Susan and I, uh, we've been married now um, for 31 years, almost 32 years. And I think for years, when our kids were smaller, um, we were on parallel but separate tracks. And now as the kids have gotten older and starting to launch, um, you know, those parallel tracks are starting to merge again. And so we're getting a chance to um, actually have kind of jumpstart, renew our marriage and our friendship and our relationship. We're calling it, really calling it our new marriage. You know, went back through the courtship phase and, um, you know, realizing that the kids leave, but your spouse is there, you know, for the long haul. And so we've doubled down and investing in our relationship and that's been really rewarding. You're speaking about a sweet season. When you speak of your marriage in that way, someone listening 
may long for that experience. They may they may be in a place where they're beginning to forget that 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 ever was, and certainly that that could ever happen again. And this is perhaps a time for us to share a little bit more with them heart to heart as I mm. like to say we try to do here and see how God can encourage someone who may be on a ragged edge right now mm. relationally with their spouse. Yeah. Well, at least for me personally, I think it's been, it's a challenge to be a leader in ministry, to feel like you, you can't really be honest about your struggles, uh, about your challenges. And so I think for a lot of years, I didn't feel like I could be open and honest about my struggles. And um, I'm so grateful to the Lord that he gave me the opportunity to, um, to get real with myself and to get real with some other folks. And, you know, I, <clears throat> I don't think it was, maybe it was Cortez who said burn the ships, right? When they came to America, they said burn the ships so that people wouldn't be tempted to go back to the old ways, the old life, the old place, uh, Europe, if you will. And um, I just want to say to, especially to all the men out there, you know, if, if you're hanging on to the ships, um, it's time to burn them. And whether that's alcohol or lust or pornography, my personal issue had been that I was exposed to pornography as a young young man, and um, that came back and was trying to rob me of uh, my marriage. And so I needed to burn the ships in that area. And God has brought people, resources, counseling, um, you know, so many different things to help me be able to say we are starting a new marriage. We're courting again and we're we have great hope for the future so yeah that's that's what i would say i wish you could see sometimes darren when because we're a radio slash podcast people can't see the depth and the, the the deep feeling in people's eyes that i see but i see that in you today and also i i sense a joy that is there because of the the newness of life, as it were, yeah. in marriage, given to you by the grace and mercy of our Lord. When we come back, let's uh, spend a few moments talking about some travels that you've done fairly recently to Central, a Central Asian country in the former Soviet Union. Let's talk about that, <clears throat> what you've experienced, but also circle back to this someone facing challenging times let's encourage that dear friend and pray for them during this moment more from darren mcfarland stay with us we'll be right back wandering the road of desperate life famously beneath the barren sky james 3:13 says who is wise and understanding among you let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. 
The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Darren McFarlane has international playing experience in baseball and soccer, as well as international coaching experience in hockey. You're listening to The Good Life Program. Thanks for being with us today. Find out more about Darren McFarlane at give.crew.org. Darren McFarlane. And this this podcast is available for you. Apple, subscribe Apple, Spotify, or just go to drdanny.live. Darren, you recently traveled to a Central Asian country in the former Soviet Union. What led you there and what what have been some of the results of your visit? Well, our ministry is trying to have a concerted effort to reach out to some of the closed uh, countries to the gospel. And definitely that part of the world uh, is closed to open expressions of Jesus Christ and, and, and the gospel. And so um, I was immediately interested but on top of that, um, everyone who's 50 and older speaks Russian fluently. And so I knew that I could communicate, at least with the gray hairs. Um, and surprisingly, a lot of the younger people uh, spoke Russian as well. Describe some of the things that you do when you go there. So the ministry there asked us to come, the national leaders asked us to come and help them learn how to use sport as a way to share the love of Christ. Um, They were already doing it, but they wanted to to get better at it. And so the focus of our time was modeling for them how to do outreach through sport. And so we played a lot of soccer, um, sharing our testimonies. Um, We went to dojos and and saw karate exhibitions and got thrown around a little bit. for the love of Christ. Um, <laughs> um, we got to go to, to a leper colony, um, which was uh, probably actually the most impactful for me personally. Um, people don't have to have leprosy anymore because you can take an antibiotic and it will cure the disease, but um, there's still the effects of the disease, especially for people who had it decades ago. And I don't think I've ever experienced uh, that kind of emotion ever in my life. Um, Seeing some of these national staff who who go there on a regular basis to show the love of Christ to these people, uh, 
who in the world's eyes, you know, they're outcasts and they have no hope. But um, Jesus brings hope to the hopeless. What did you see the national staff do with them or for them that was so touching to you? I think just their willingness to go. It was it was far away. It wasn't easy to get to. You needed a serious four-wheel drive vehicle. And when they when we got there, they you could tell that there was love between the staff and the and the folks that had leprosy and they hugged him. And you know, they didn't shy away from showing um the love of God to these people who you know, society doesn't want to give love to because they're afraid. Um, I also saw some of these national staff expand their family units to include refugees from other countries. Um, it's no secret that there are Af- Afghani refugees that are all over the world, and there was a large group of those, um, of that people uh, where we visited. And it was amazing to see um, how they would receive food and clothing, and some of them were coming to faith in Christ. Um, it is true that God can bring all can work all things together for good. You know, you you just it's amazing to see that. I also saw one family, one national leader, who's adopted um, more than a dozen kids into his family because they don't have families. Um, so stuff like that was pretty amazing. You go, you go on a mission thinking, oh, we're going to take something to them and bless them with whatever we bring. And I left realizing that we just need to take back home what they, what they showed us on this, on this visit. Sometimes we talk about lessons learned from a more cerebral cognitive perspective, but the lessons learned have shot straight down to the heart. And that's a transformational, indelible moment of description that I, I sense from you. You talk about leprosy, there's clearly ostracism. People today, and in various parts of society, all over our world, are feeling ostracized within their own homes within their own workplaces. I mean, it might not be to the extreme of somebody having leprosy, but it could be relatable Mm -hmm. in that way. Someone feeling like others have turned their back. What? We can only imagine. I can only imagine what it feels like to be hugged. Someone needs a hug today. A hug from prayer, a hug from encouragement, a hug from the word from the Lord that can lift them up, that can embrace them. How has the Lord helped you, Darren? Even more deeply, you talked about some struggles, you talked about a renewal of marriage, but I'd like for you to share and then also give a word of encouragement to someone today who's listening and then pray for that dear person. I think that um, some things that happened when I was a young child marked me for life and there were voices that in my head that said um you're not good enough um you're not lovable um 
there's nobody there for you. And I think that small child experienced some of that. Um, and I think that it's, it's, it was only when I realized that that had happened and allowed Jesus to kind of come into those places of woundedness um, and receive his love and healing and, and some stuff that, that I went through as a little kid um, that I was able to get, you know, to the point where I, I was able to burn the ships. We talked about that earlier. Um, and I think we all have areas that, that we, we have woundedness from when we're younger and, and sometimes from when we're adults. And we need to let Jesus into those places because he wants to bring healing. He wants to forgive. He wants to love. He wants to bring power. Um, and I would say, maybe by way of encouragement to, to, to folks out there who might think, you know, I could never share this with somebody or people wouldn't love me if they knew this happened or, you know, this is a part of my life. Um, it wasn't until I got to be a part of a community of men who we share very openly and, and I knew they loved me and accepted me in spite of my weaknesses and, um, you know, the chinks in my armor. Um, and I think that's where people really, you, you use the word transformational. I think transformational community happens, w especially when believers get together and they drop their guard and, and they allow um, what I call body life to take over and, and they can love and encourage each other. Because we're all a part of the body of Christ and, and the scriptures tell us that we're different. We have different part. We're different parts, and we need the other parts. Like, I can become something by myself, but the scriptures tell me that I can become something greater when I am plugged into a transformational community, which usually and ideally happens through a church. Um, but yeah, I would say be honest about what's what happened and let Jesus come into those places and find some folks to journey with. Um, Cause we weren't meant to journey alone. We weren't meant to be Lone Rangers. And I think I, I was like that for many years. And, and now I know that's, that's not the best and I don't want that anymore. I want to be a part of relationships. Darren, pray for our friend who's listening. Okay. Father, thank you that, you um, knew us in the womb and that there was never a moment that you didn't love us. That despite the things that may have happened to us or the things that we have done, um, you don't, that those don't cause you to love us anymore or any less. Um, we are perfectly loved and accepted uh, as as your children, and you are waiting with open arms for us to turn to you. And through Jesus, we can be forgiven, and we can experience that relationship. And so, Lord, I lift up that person out there who thinks and believes and has heard maybe that they're not worthy, they're not lovable, um, they're not acceptable, um, 
Help them to believe and understand and know that you love them, you accept them, that they are important and valuable and special because you created them. And so, Lord, draw them to yourself, I pray, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 The Lord sends Darren to minister to you, dear friend. He knows you. He loves you. And God works through a, a conduit like Darren McFarland to share his love and grace at a timely moment like today. Even when he drove here in the snow, that's called the love of God, don't you think? Dear friend, thanks for being with us. And Darren McFarland, thank you for sharing and encouraging us with those words. Appreciate your prayer. Encouraging words from Darren McFarland, give.crew.org, Darren McFarland. My friend, God's timing is perfect. And there's no better time than right now to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And look, if you haven't done so, hey, I believe this might be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Go to drdanny.live for next steps. Find resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, major platforms. Hebrews 12 verse 1, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Darren McFarland, give.crew.org, Darren McFarland. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasoro, creative director, Brian Torres, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.